going to start out by a letter or an email that I got from a lady on Facebook, on our Facebook page, which I would encourage all of you to begin to like. Look for our Instagram, Instagram, Snapchat, um, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, look for that and just begin to like it, follow it, because we're getting ready to really crank out some things with that. But this is the, the, the email that I got from her. I'm so frustrated I cry every night. It's been 17 years and I'm just tired. It's people having sex, then getting married, and they're happy. That's her false assumption. They have someone during the holidays and on their birthdays. I've gone 17 years with no Valentines, no Christmas, no birthday, from no significant other family events alone. I'm tired. Pray for me, but I'm really not caring to hear any spiritual messages. I'm past frustrated. So unfortunately, you can't help this individual. We get, we get prayer requests all the time on our church email, you know, um, pray for me, but I don't want to hear the word, you know, or would you pray for me, but I don't want you to contact me, you know, pray for me, but, you know, I'm not really um, interested in hearing any religious stuff. I don't even answer those. I don't even reply. It's a waste of my time. Can't ask for an answer and you don't want to help, you know. I do counseling appointments and they come preach to me. <laughs> I just sit there and listen, assuming that they just need to vent. Here was another one. I often hear you have to be whole to be qualified for marriage, but then hear so many married folks say that they had issues they had to be healed from while in marriage. Is not wholeness a continual work as a believer? Um, Of course, we are not waiting to become whole in marriage. So these are two valid, valid statements. I just reworked things and just decided to open up with those because both of these things are all assumption. Um, It is true that a lot of people um, that got married, had to be healed of issues after the marriage. And it's because um, um, most people marry the wrong way. A lot of people marry the wrong people. You know, there's some things that my wife are going to be willing to say that other preachers are going to be mad with. I don't care about other preachers. I care about the health of people. Yeah, the, the main group that's going to be mad at me are going to be preachers and religious folk who want to be judgmental, who don't want to be open and honest, who don't want to admit Oh, I didn't know I was teaching that wrong. How many know if I teach something wrong, I'll come right back up here and tell you. Uh, the Lord told me I was off. And so that's, that's the only way that you start hitting the bullseye 100% of the time is when you miss it, you adjust. You, all right, so let's start with the statement. The truth is, some single people will get married. Some will never get married. Some will have to wait a long time to get married, if at all, because it will take that amount of time to get themselves together because they are too slow to change, too slow to get themselves together, too prideful, too slow to clean up the mess that they have created. Some will have to wait a while because they are the next spouse of someone that will lose theirs. Yeah, I've seen that quite a few times since I've been in the ministry where a person just, I know I'm just not getting married, I'm just not getting married. And it's because the Lord knew that this man was going to lose his wife and he was going to give the man two years to recover from that. And he was a good man. And so he had prepared you to be his second wife, not his first. Some will get married and stay married. Some will get married, divorce, and get married again. Some will get married, divorced, and never marry again. Um, So the truth with all of this is that you cannot figure everything out. What you're going to have to do is learn how to follow the blueprint for life because that's the best chance that you will give yourself. Okay, And so uh, your commitment to and cooperation with the kingdom of God is the only thing that will give you the best chance, give you a lasting result. Prideful, arrogant, disobedient, rebellious people who are not interested in following God's order 
and are unwilling to change will not get much out of this teaching. It'll just be good information, and then they'll go back to the same foolishness that they were a part of before. And I just wanted to read three scriptures, unless you had something you want to add right quick. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, we're going to quickly look at these scriptures, um, because to be totally honest with you, the we are the result of most frustrations. What I mean by that is most, I would dare say that 90% of the frustrations that you are dealing with, you are the cause of it. You don't know you're the cause of it, but you are the cause of it. Hey, let me roll through these scriptures right quick. Proverbs 1, 28 through 33. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. Why? Because they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice, paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes because simple-minded people turn away from God to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency, but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. He said, all those who listen to me, not those who go to church. Most people that go to church don't listen to God, but they have they have convinced themselves that they're going to church is listening to God. Matthew 633, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Most See, I'm trying to give you an understanding that if you don't do these things, then you won't get what's promised. Because the first promise from the, script, from the first scripture is, if you do this, you will live in peace, untroubled by fear or harm. Matthew 6.33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. That's not most people. Most people go to church, and they don't even put that above everything. It says, seek the kingdom of God and live righteously. Because there are some people who seek the kingdom but don't live right. There are some people who live right but don't seek the kingdom. Got to do both. And he will give you how much? Everything. How much? Everything you need. And God knows what you need more than you know what you need. Okay? Watch this. Just because you think you need a man right now doesn't mean you need one. Doesn't just because you think you need a wife right now doesn't mean that you need one right now. Matthew, I'm sorry, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Oh, the joy. Here, there go the word again. That's the promise. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or hang around with sinners or join in with the mockers. That's everybody to think it's okay to just talk about Donald Trump and other politicians and other preachers all day long. Talk about people mocking things that they are totally ignorant about. Y'all, God watches all of this. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Not every once in a while. Or putting the Bible in your back seat to show everybody that you're spiritual on the window. They are like, I'm sorry. <clears throat> when I said that, we were coming to Riverdale and there was a guy, he had a Bible in his back area. And he had a little dog sitting back there too. And the dog had his paw on the Bible. And so I just remembered that and it hit my mind. Okay. But they delight in the law of the Lord. I should have, we should have done this back and forth. Meditating on it day and night. If you do it that way, you will be like a tree planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season. There are seasons of fruit. Seasons are not supposed to be fruit. Their leaves never wither and they prosper. And how much they do? 
So I'm trying to figure out, this is all what God is saying. When we look at our lives, it's not saying all of this. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Therefore, this is another commandment. If you have been raised with Christ, this is the amplified version. To a new life, sharing in his resurrection from the dead. Keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on earth, which have only temporal value. For you die to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. Let me share something with you right now. This is going to hurt. You want to know? One of the ways you can tell if you're seeking the Lord correctly is that if we add up your, your Bible study, spiritual book, and prayer time, it's more than your television and Facebook time. If the opposite is true, then you don't fit that category. You might go to church, but you're not seeking God. No, I had to tell my daughters um, a couple weeks ago. I have four daughters. One's in school, in college, and I have three at home. And, I, and they take an enormous amount of time in the bathroom working <laughs> on their hair. They have a lot of hair. And they take an enormous amount of time in the bathroom in the mornings before school. And I had to tell them, if you are taking more time for your hair than you are with the Lord, your priorities are wrong. So get out of the bathroom. Make sure you have your time in the Word, in the Bible, before you go to school, your time in prayer, and then you head out of here. You should not be spending more time in the bathroom getting yourself all prettified and beautified, you know, on the outward appearance and not spending that time with the Lord before you go to school. I'm glad she told him that because I realized that the other day. Because they always have, they're always in the bathroom. And I always think, I don't say anything. And I'm like, why is they always in there like it's a beauty contest? I mean, all the three young ones, they'd be on the bathroom and, you know, all that stuff that the living ought to do. And why, I don't know why ladies can't just take a selfie with your lips regular. Why, why does it have to be? I know what that is. Y'all got to help me out. Brothers are confused by that. Yeah, she said, I'm a woman that don't do that. Well, I, appreciate I don't need that, Lisa. You see that this? You see that this? Or it's either this. When you take a picture, it's supposed to be this. <laughs> Whatever. Let me get back to this thing right here. Psalm 56, 8. You keep track. Y'all, this scripture is getting more and more real. You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Now, if God is keeping track of all of your sorrows, he's keeping track of all of your tears, putting it in a bottle and then converting it to words in the book. How much detail are they recording your life if that's what they do with your tears? See, what we're doing is, let me tell you something, because more importantly, what I have found is this. People who are ignorant when it comes to how to date, ignorant when it comes to how to marry according to what the scripture they can be ignorant, but if they chase God with all their heart, a grace comes in their life and makes the difference. That's what I found, okay? And so, and then revelation comes to them and just, it's a, it's a way, and I'm, y'all hear music or is it just me? Maybe it's angels singing because I'm talking so eloquently this morning. Okay. okay. Now, the point that I'm making is, is that he said, I keep track of all of your sorrows and everything is recorded. Everything. So since everything is monitored and recorded, it then means that God will determine when it's right for you to have something. Now, let me say this. This series is not a series on how to get every single person married. It's the total opposite, as you will see. Okay? 
So, all right, first question. Hold on, let me add something. So you talked about keeping track of all your sorrows. So in the beginning, my husband read a statement about a woman who was frustrated, 17 years, not having someone to share her life and her birthday and holidays with. And it's a, it's a reality with a lot of people because they really desire it. But the other side of that reality is her unwillingness to submit to the word. I don't want to hear the word. I don't want to hear anything spiritual. I, w- I don't want to hear that. So therefore, then, you, don't, you can't come to us for help. That's what we're going to give you. We're going to give you the word, show you how God does things so you can get on the right path and receive what God has for you in the timing that God has for you. But if your heart is, if your heart is hardened and you don't want to submit yourself or yield yourself to the word and how God does what he does, you won't get the result that God desires for you to have. It just won't happen. So unfortunately, in her case, she is frustrated. It has been 17 years, and it may be 37 years if she's not careful, if she does not adjust her heart. And the same is true for men as well. Yeah, anything we say about a woman is generally true for a man, except for one statement at the end that I'm going to make. But see, that, that, see let me tell you something. Um, regardless of how frustrated I have been in life, um, I never got to the point where I didn't want to hear the word. See, so the very fact that someone would say that lets you know that this is a root that was already growing on the inside of you. And that might be the very reason why you're frustrated 17 years later. It's because of certain things. And let me go a little deeper. (laughs) This is straight rebellion. The woman is is rebellious. So if God were to send her a godly man who will pay all her bills and will love her and treat her like a queen, what is she going to do? The moment... The moment he says something that goes against what she wants to do or how she feels she's going to rebel and make that man's life a living hell. So she will remain single for the rest of her life until she gets her heart right. The Lord is not going to send a good man with a good heart who will love her and take care of her and cherish her because she won't even submit to him. She won't even submit to him. So why then would I send my son to be a good person to you and you won't even submit to me? And that's very, very important because rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. He will not allow his child. Now, you may do it to yourself, but the Lord won't send that man to her because she's not ready. And that's one of the things that why that I see my wife is on fire this morning. I might want to step to the side unless I get hit. Okay. Um, but one of the things that we realize, remember that scripture that says what God has put together. That no man put asunder or no man tear apart. Yeah. But one of the things that we realize is there are a lot of marriages that God didn't put together. And you can't assume that God did because people are married. <laughs> Hold on just a second. I got to at least get my thought out, girl. I can't. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <sighs> hey, so she ready, boy. To, whoo. I don't know what happened to her this morning on the way to church. I'm just playing. No, but seriously, all jokes aside, I mean, it's, it's, that's really, really serious. It's because, see, what happens is, I'm going to show you something in a moment. There's an atmosphere that a man can create, an atmosphere that a man can create. And when that atmosphere is created, then God will send him a woman. If he does not create that atmosphere, his desire will cause him to pick the wrong type of woman. And if he's a good man, he'll be married to the wrong type of woman. And then that woman will drive him crazy for the entire marriage and vice versa. Okay, and so so you'll understand this as we get through this. All right. First question is: These are questions that were sent in by people. I hear music. Body image. Shh. This is especially true for older women, not being confident enough to receive the advances that often come from younger men. 
there is a double standard in this area. And for me, I've had a tendency to sabotage any potential suitors. You know what I mean by know what they mean by double standard? That it's okay for a older man to marry a younger woman. But if an older woman wants to marry a younger man, then they label her a cougar. What this got to do with a cat in the wild kingdom? I have no idea. This stuff that they come up with is just stupid. But see, what happens is, is that ignorant people come up with these labels, and now you can miss the will of God because of folk. Why somebody came up with the idea, I don't, what, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what does a cougar in the cat kingdom have to do with a, the cougar is not the oldest cat. It's not the oldest cat that's been around. The cougar doesn't try to get in a relationship with younger cats, so why would they call her a cougar? See, the people in the world, they do that type of stupid stuff, and now a young man that's five years younger than you is interested in you, and now all of a sudden you feel ashamed. That's stupid. Like T.D. Jake says all the time, where the Bible is silent, so am I. It's only one thing the Bible says about age. It says, do not marry a woman before she get past a flower. It's... I messed the scripture up. <laughs> the flower of her age. In other words, there's a there's an age frame where you cannot touch a woman. You know, now our modern day society, that's more in the area of 17, 18. A woman is not ready to get married until she's 18. Okay, you got to at least be graduated from high school. This is what I have to say. Honey, child, if you're 54 and a brother is 39 and he's stepping to you and he's godly and he's good and he wants to date you, go for it. If you're 60 and he is 42, 49, 55, there is no double standard except in our own mind. Susan Sarandon, Jennifer Lopez, Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey, Madonna, they have dated and married younger men. They have no issue whatsoever. So this woman says that I have a tendency to sabotage my own potential suitors. So it just speaks to her individual insecurities, maybe about her body as she has gotten older or whatever. You know, just things do change. They shift. But there are resources out here. So if there's anything you feel insecure about, then there's things that you can do to help those areas. The right foundation garments, the right exercise, the right nutrition in order to help you feel more confident. Changing your makeup, changing your hair. But if the brother is saying, hey, can I talk to you? And he's 39 and you're 45. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever as long as you're okay with dating a younger man. Yeah, her insecurity came from society. That's why she said there was a double standard in the first place. You don't know it's a double standard if people haven't created one. See? And so, and this is a, this is a fear thing. And so, now, let me say this. If you, if, let me tell you something. If you're concerned about that and somebody is younger, the best thing you can do when dating someone is to express your concerns and your fears about this relationship. This is what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that I'm 50 and you're 30. I'm hugely concerned about well, would you, from a woman's point of view, do you want children? I'm hugely concerned about when I get 70, you're going to be, what, 50? So what are you going to do then when I can't go and do, you know what I'm saying? You have to express those concerns. And let me say something, y'all. I'm going to tell you the truth about something. You know, you, you, never mind. Let me go back. Let me go back. I don't want, I want, because I want to move. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on that. I had a younger man approach me and I told him, I'm old enough to be your mother. He said, I don't care. You're still beautiful. I said, I'm also married, and I have six children. He said, okay, then you're still beautiful and have a nice day. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Help this girl. Let me move to the next question. <laughs> Being resistant about committing to a relationship. Oh, this is another important thing. 
This is another person that says, I'm resistant about committing to a relationship based on some of what I've acquired over the years. I have a certain amount of homes and land inherited to me in another state. My assets, um, et cetera, um, are uh, around four, uh, above $400,000. Is asking for a prenup in order or out of order, especially if the potential partner has little to no assets. Um, here's my wisdom on that, is that anytime, let me tell you what a prenup is. A prenup is fear written down. That's all it is. That's all it is. A prenup is just fear written down. And so, so if you have to write down your fears because of what you're afraid of, then you have to ask yourself a question. See, when you marry somebody, there's supposed to be a zero barrier. It's supposed to be a zero barrier. Now, you can still be nervous, still be a little bit nervous. That's natural. But there's supposed to be a zero barrier. So the, uh, the better thing to do would be to sit down with the individual and say, look, I have amassed $400,000. And I'm not trying to lose it in a marriage. I've done this for 20 years. I've saved this money. I have disciplined myself. I have saved this money. I have plans for this money. Okay. And I have planned on using this money so that when I retire, I don't have to become a security guard at the library. (laughs) Nothing wrong with a security guard at the library. Don't get me wrong. That's an honorable position. I was a security guard before I became a pastor. And then I started the church, and then two days before I started the church, the Lord made sure I got fired from the security position because I was going to keep it. Okay, we're not talking about security guard, but but how many of you know if, if you're 80, you 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 don't really need to be a security guard because if a robbery goes down, they're going to bonk you over the head first. And then it's worse to be a security guard without a gun. What you going to do when I come in with an AK-47? Except blow a whistle. Whoop, here they come, y'all. That's about it. Okay, so I've saved this money. I've saved this money. So that I can then enjoy my retirement. So what I don't need and what I refuse to do is marry someone that is going to then take that money and then come up with a business idea to start a Holy Ghost cleaners on the east side. You know how y'all like to do. Got to add a Christian name to everything to try to give it credence. Quit doing that stuff. God is trying to give you something cool. You're trying to be religious. Okay. So you have to explain to a person, this is one of my hindrance. How do you feel about that? Do you promise? Then if they say, well, you know what? I understand that. I respect that. I'm not going to burn that. Then I'm in agreement with you. That's how we'll use the money that you accumulated. Then you have to go after that. Do you have peace? Boom. Now, guess what? It could still go sorrow. Wouldn't you agree? That's just a chance you take, folk. You're not going to do anything without checking a chance. When I opened up this church with seven people, it's a possibility it could have failed because there are 14 to 1,600 churches a month that close. <laughs> okay, so anything can fail, and there, you just got to take a chance. Remember what the scripture says? It says, if another Christian defrauds you, and, and why would you take them to court? You do realize God is totally against taking another Christian to court. You know, now I know sometimes their Christianity may be in question, you know, but he's totally, oh, I thought that was you poking me in the back. Um, their Christianity, um, he's totally against that. And then the scripture says this, why don't you, why would you embarrass yourself and my kingdom by taking another Christian before ungodly courts? He said, why don't you just allow yourself to be defrauded? See, so this person has amassed this, but if you have somebody that is a suitor and everything is there, but you're concerned about this money, then you need to make yourself plain in the beginning. Let them know this is the one you want to do, and then you got to jump into it if you have peace. Next question. Is there such a thing, such thing as being you too young to get married? Only if you're under 18. I had a dream about my future spouse and our first child. I believe it was going to happen soon, but I'm worried about what family members may think um, about me getting married at a young age. Success in marriage does not come because of how old you are. 
Success in marriage because, does not come because of how, how long or short you date. Success in marriage comes as a result of you understanding the blueprint for marriage and what makes it work. Always remember that. That's why, look, there's some, like I said yesterday, there's some people that are 70 and they're still too young to get married. And sometimes that understanding comes in your, in your childhood and how you're being raised because of the household you're in. Sometimes that understanding doesn't come until you're in your 20s because you've joined a great church and you're getting good teaching. It may not come into your 30s or your 40s. And so is there an age? As long as you're 18, you're considered an adult. But there's information you need. I remember as a young woman, I mean, I really desired to get married. But I did not have the information of what a wife, the role of a wife, what she's supposed to do in the marriage. I mean, we often think, we look at Hollywood and think, oh, I want to get married, and you see all the stars in the sky, and you have this fantasy view of what marriage really is, when marriage truly is work. It's work. I mean, praying for your spouse, adjusting, submitting, it's work. And that's not what we see in Hollywood. And so with teaching over time, I thought, oh, I got it. And then I got married and still realized I still had a long way to go. So you have to have information that may come at 18 and may come at 28. So, um, so it's not about the, the numerical age or the chronological age, but just how much information you have and how willing you are to adjust and change for the other individual. And I hear people all the time tell the, their children, you know, that you can't get married until you finish your college degree. That's a nice plan un- unless the right spouse shows up. See, all, that's the plan. The plan should be, you know, while I'm single, I should be about my business, getting my high school education, then get my college degree or going into whatever trade I'm going into. That's what you should be about. But you cannot say you cannot get married because God does not wait on the stuff that we bring up and institute in order to send you a spouse. I'm thinking of a couple right now. She was a manager at a bank. He wanted to go to law school. They got married. She, she, uh, uh, she continued working at the bank and he went to school uh, and became a lawyer. He's now a lawyer and a partner at that firm, and now she no longer works. Hey, so, I read a story last week of a couple who fell in love, 18, 19 years old. The father told his daughter, you cannot marry this man, and he never gave her a reason why. Never gave her a reason why. And he told her, if you insist on marrying him, I will cut off all funding for your college education. Hmm. So because she was afraid of not completing her education, she dismissed the man. She let the man go. She married someone else. He married someone else. They both had children. But one of, the, one of them divorced their spouse. The other one died. They reconnected many, 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 many years later in their late 60s. Got together, had wished they had never been apart. They got remarried, and they're living a great life in their early 70s, living a great life. But because of her unwillingness to follow after him and marry him anyway, and she chased up their college education, then she missed out on what could have been 50 years of joy versus the five years that she's had now. That's why you had to be careful about controlling your destiny of your children, trying to steer them towards things that you think they need to do in order to make money. That's a big problem with foreigners. Chinese, Indian, African, Jamaican, um, those cultures, they try to control uh, the careers of their children and force them into being a lawyer, an engineer. It's usually those three, lawyer, engineer, or doctor, and it's all about money. I met a guy who, I remember his nationality, he was his Hispanic uh, origin, and uh, he was a manager of a grocery store. And he told me, he said, yeah, he said, I, uh, he said my dad wanted me to be an engineer. He said, I always wanted to be a manager of a grocery store, always. He said, but my dad wasn't having it, very forceful. He said, so what I did was I went to school, got a four-year engineering degree. When I graduated from college, I went and opened up a grocery store. <laughs> it's a true story. True story. He was an excellent manager, okay? So 
Is it okay to date more than one person at a time since all you're doing is collecting data? No, it is not okay to date more than one person at one time. Okay? Because let me tell you something. When it comes to a man, see, women come up with this foolishness. You know, I need, I'm going to give him a, 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 a two-month ultimatum and pray about it. Ain't no brother in his sane mind need to take no two months to pray about whether or not this is his wife. He either knows or he does not. And most men, watch this. Out of the married men that are in the room, now we understand that today your wife might be a little crazy and then different things like that. But before all of that, <laughs> that was a joke. Don't kill me, ladies. How many men in the room from the first day you met your wife, you knew she was the one within a month? No, 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 watch this. No, put your hand up. Put your hand up. If you knew within a month, three weeks. Two weeks. One week. The first day. I knew, but I didn't know. My mother told my sister when I brought her home, oh, he don't know this, but that's his wife. Okay? So, no. Okay? Typically, no, because this is, this is it's going to cause a lot of confusion. Date one person. See, let me tell you this. First, see, and this, here's where this rule goes in. This rule comes into play because the only reason you should be dating is if you're looking for a wife. If you're not looking for a wife, you should not be dating. So if you're looking for a wife, when you go out, let me tell y'all something. I have had a plethora, that's a big word for y'all, it's a plethora, that was a joke, of first-time dates. Go out with her? Mm. There was some, I, I remember one girl, I picked her up, and when we got in the car, oh, I said, no, this is not even it. She was a nurse. I'll never forget that date. It was a nurse. I knew it. I was, when she got in the car, I said, nope, nope. See, see, the other problem, though, is I was meeting girls in the club. <laughs> uh, so, no. No. Okay, so one person at a time, and that's why you shouldn't even date until you're married. Are there stages or phases of dating? If so, what are there? What are they? It's the introductory phase. And then it is the phase of you kind of see dating. Let me tell you proper dating. Proper dating is you have met someone. There is no sex. Y'all talk. Come to a a determination that you might be compatible. So you take the relationship to the next level of talking more intimately. Okay. Expressing your fears, your concerns, your desires, your deal breakers, all of those things. Okay. And then you get to the point where after talking you realize they are the one, okay? And then you get engaged. And then after more talking, they get mighty quiet in this Presbyterian church, okay? You then get married. There's the four stages of the date. So the four, so the first, there are four stages of dating. Talking, 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 and talking. There it is right there. How involved should church leaders be in my dating relationship? If you go to church here, we should be involved 100% because all we do is we meet with you and say, this is how you should date correctly. This is what you should do. People that do that, they get tremendous results. Okay. Now, if you go to a crazy church, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm praying for you. Okay. How, she's not perfect, but I'm attracted to her. She's interested in my church and has been coming and growing. When is a good time to start pursuing a relationship? Right now, we are just interested in each other. Sorry to tell you this, brother, but you've already started pursuing the relationship. She's coming to church, and you're interested in each other, so the time would be now. Next question. I'm a Christian male, ready to, because some stuff is too, let me tell you something. I never will forget what an usher told me. Bill Taylor, I joined the church, 
and I joined the usher team. He was the head usher, and I was single. He said, let me tell you something, brother. He said, you are saved. He said, but don't get religious. If you see a fine young honey in the sanctuary, go and ask her for her, her phone number. Don't be asking her, would you like to go and have a Bible study together? No, we just got out of church. Why would we need to study the Bible? Take her out. That's you trying to be deep. But unfortunately, the church makes people deep, crazy, religious, can't be real. I never forget before I met her. Matter of fact, I met you right after this. Okay, man, I was, well, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and we in the praise and worship. And I made the mistake of looking behind me. I was like, oh, Jesus. And for the rest of the service, I was paying attention. But at the same time, I had this girl on my mind. Soon as the service is over with, I turn right around. Hey, would you like to go out? She says, nope. I said, all right. (laughs) It's a true story. They still talking about me at that church. They still talking about me because I got her. Because there were a lot of brothers that were interested in her. See, they was praying and fasting and when. Not me. I just saw fine. Hey, would you like to go out? She told me, nope. So that came back around. She realized the error of her ways and that she was deceived <laughs> by the devil <laughs> and the whole host. I'll tell my own story later on. Later on. Okay. Where am I at? Would God call someone not to marry like prophet Jeremiah, but they still have a desire for marriage? The answer is no. Here's a scripture for it. Matthew 19, 12. Did I give you that scripture? I might have missed out on that one. Yeah. Okay. I'll just read it. It says, some are born as eunuchs. How many of you know what a eunuch is? It's a person that has no desire for sex or marriage. Some are born as eunuchs. Some have been made eunuchs by others. That's the Catholic Church. And some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. So those who chose not to marry were individuals like Jesus and Paul the Apostle. Okay, um, uh, they just chose not to marry in order to fulfill a particular mandate on their life. What'd you say? It is Matthew nineteen twelve. All right. Yeah, I just jumped over that by mistake. Um, so yes, I'm a Christian male ready to get married. Time is it? Okay, I'm good. I'm a Christian male ready to get married, but I have no interest in girls at my church. However, there is a girl at my job that I'm feeling, but she's not a mature Christian. Should I still approach her? How many say yes? How many say no? God, don't, don't, it's okay to be wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong about many, great many things. Oh, cuckoo. Yeah, the answer is yes. Remember the statement that I'm going to come back to in just a few moments. It is the woman's role to help a man. It is a man's role to mature a woman. And you'll see that in a moment. There's a thin line between desperation and letting a guy know you're available. How do you differentiate? Well, you just, let me tell y'all something, ladies. This is how you show your desperation, is when you're hounding him. The man took you out, for, out on a date on Friday. On Monday, you blow up his phone. How come you haven't called me? <laughs> Let me tell you something about a man. Well, I'm sure most brothers would agree. Let me tell you something. 
and a man is truly interested in a woman, he is going to call you. Period. If he didn't call you, it's maybe because he got some other things on the roster. It's maybe because he really wasn't feeling you. Don't take that personal. But if you got to call a man all the time, there's something wrong with that. Brothers, would you agree? Lift your hands. Give him praise and glory, as John Hagee would say. <laughs> see, to see what happens is, and we all do this, but women tend to more do this than men. Women try to make a man think like them. Men don't think like women, and men don't, women don't think like men, men don't think like women. And so you keep trying to make him operate within the framework that you operate, and they don't. You're a feeler. He's logical. So you just, you feel like, well, I feel like if he's interested, he should have called me right now. And you're right, and he's logical. And his logic told him, she ain't the one. And girl cried. That girl called me on the phone crying one time in my dating days. Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to me? And I was just like, I ain't do nothing. I just didn't call you. <laughs> so you showed your desperation by trying to chase him instead of letting him chase. There is no. Su- Let me tell y'all something, ladies. Remember this: you are the bunny rabbit, and he is the lion. How many times you seen a bunny rabbit chasing a lion? That might have been a whack example, but y'all got the point. In other words, let the man be the man. Let him do the chasing. You don't have to hunt him down and chase him down. If he wants you, he knows where you live. He knows your phone number and your email and your, and your Instagram. He, know, he knows how to get in touch with you if he wants you. And he may not be ready. So don't be discouraged by that. Just move on. Because you never, let me tell you something. The last thing you want to do is marry a man that you had to chase. I'm telling you. Okay. I created a list of 25 things I wanted in a mate. What if I get someone that only fits 23? Should I wait it out until all 25 qualities come along? Sure. I told them yesterday. Wait forever. <laughs> wait for a long time. I, I told them yesterday, that's one of those questions. If the person is standing in front of you, you just stare at them. <laughs> the first problem with this question is, why do you have 25 things? I didn't even have 25 things on my list in order to start a whole church. You got 25 things that you need out of a man. Then have the nerve to say uh, you're not the one because you're 23. (laughs) That's one of them lists Jesus would be like, I don't even know if I can do this one. This right here is some crazy foolishness that I have never seen. What are you doing with 25 lists? Stick to three to five. Saved, and the list should be different for a man than it is for a woman. Y'all, ain't no 25 things on the list. The number one thing should be is this man is a God chaser. The second thing to be should be on the list is this man knows what he's supposed to be doing in life. Now, that can change, and even if it's wrong, at least the man knows what he's doing is what he believes he's supposed to be doing. Those are the two major things. Third thing you want to find, third thing is, is you want to find out how his daddy was. If he was around. And does he have anger towards that? Because, uh, because that's a huge, huge issue, okay? And it's even worse when it comes to women sometimes. All right. I'm not so much frustrated by singledom, but I do get anxious about when I will be married. Is there any way to really prepare for marriage? And the next question is, what are some things that people could be doing that prevent Christian singles from getting married? 1 Corinthians seven thirty-one through 35. <clears throat> Those who use... The things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. 
An unmarried man can spend his time doing the work, Lord's work and thinking how to please him, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his who? Wife, not his mama. His wife, not his girlfriend. His wife, not his employer. His wife, not his auntie or grandma. His interests are divided between God and his wife. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities, how to please her who? Notice, please him, not tolerate him, not talk to him any old type of way. Please her husband, not her pastor. There's a lot of ladies that have done that. Not here, because I don't even teach that way. But I, we were part of a church, and ladies would go out on a date with a dude where the pastor said this, and the pastor said this, lift your hands again, brothers. Ain't no brother in his sane mind trying to hear his woman or wife talk about what the pastor said. (laughs) Care nothing about what he said. He ain't in my house. I'm in my house. And the pastor don't know how crazy you acting. I I had a situation. I had a situation where the dude, the dude called me on the phone, and 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 the wife didn't know it. He had he said, "Listen to this." He called me right on the phone in the back room. Listen to this. Wife just going off, acting a complete fool. He said, "See, I tried to tell you. Don't be looking at me that way." Okay. So the first thing is, is, is see this issue of pleasing a husband. See this issue of pleasing a wife. That's the first thing. That can prevent you from meeting who God wants you to have because he knows you won't do that. And because you won't do that, he's not going to send you the highest quality man and the highest quality woman. And when he doesn't do that, you then are left to picking your own. That's the first one. For women, God does not make you available because you are not ready. Give me an example. No, I don't want to use it. Well, I will give you an example. You said don't. Okay. You said do. Yes or no? Yeah, All right. I know a guy. He went to church with this girl. He saw her on a regular basis every weekend. They were even in class together. He wasn't thinking about that girl. The class was over a year later. He said he was out in the hallway. He said she just walked past. And that day, he was like, that's my wife. The Lord just opened his eyes. Let me tell you something, lady. The, the man that God has for you, God will open his eyes. And that's the one. Vice versa. Okay? You'll know. Okay? And so... Um, you may not be example. You, you may, may not be ready. Your look causes men to pass you by. Weight, hairstyle, etc. That's stuff that we don't want to be honest about in the church. Okay, men. I, I told them yesterday, ladies, be very careful. Let me tell you something. As an Indian man, it's a part of our circles. He shared something because he's from India. He said this got him in trouble at another church. He said, and they pretty much kicked him out. He shared with the black women, be careful about this hair that you putting on your head that comes from India. He says, because what you don't know about most of the hair that comes from India, it is dedicated to the Hindu God in a temple. He said, and then you put it on your head. And the Bible says a woman hair is for her glory. And you wonder why you have no forward movement because the hair makes you look unapproachable to a man. That's how deep that goes. 
Let me give you another example, a real-life example in my own household, about how visual men are. They are designed by God to be this way. I have a 10-year-old son. It was in the morning. He's getting ready for school. I had not yet gotten up and taken off my scarf and made myself all beautiful. But underneath this scarf, I have this bun. So I have my hair all wrapped up in a bun. And he asks, could he come on? Sure, Jeremiah, come on in. And he looks at me. He's 10. And he says... Is that a bun underneath there? And I said, yes, it is, Jeremiah, put the scarf on. You know, yes, it's a, it's a bun, it's a bun. He says, he said, it looks like a cone. <laughs> I said, well, does that bother you? I was like, I was like, I was like a cone head? And he said, yeah, in fact, it bothers me. And so I said, you know what? I said, excuse me for one second. I said, step out for one moment and let me get myself together and I'll let you come back in. So he stepped out. I closed the door. I took off my scarf. I brushed my hair up, opened the door, and he came right back in. Everything was good. But it taught me a very valuable lesson. Great insight from a little boy who is 10. He did not appreciate that scarf or my cone head or my look at that moment. <laughs> he didn't appreciate that. He said, it's bothering me. It's a 10-year-old boy. And he wasn't being disrespectful. He was expressing himself. And I told him, thank you. Hold on. Let's step out for one second. I closed my door. Got myself together. Come on back in, Jeremiah. You can have your, help, help yourself to the lotion or whatever else you need. But I thought, okay, well, if my 10-year-old son feels that way, how much more my 16-year-old son and my husband? Now, she doesn't go around the house looking like that all the time. Sometimes, you know, ladies have these hairstyles where you have to wrap it up before you go to bed. And it wasn't even me going around the house. I had just yeah. gotten up. I was getting myself to get a hat and yet taken off my scarf and put the makeup on. And my little morning routine, he just come knocking on my door. Come on in. He was like, wait, what's underneath there? And he just didn't appreciate it. <laughs> so how much more, ladies, our husbands? I mean, they're, they're different and they're, they're not complicated. I mean, they're, they will tell you exactly what they want, exactly what they like. And then you make the decision whether or not you want to do it. I mean, if he tells you, this is how I like your hair, then why would you do the opposite? This is what I like. I do like weaves. I do like wigs. I like ponytails. I like braids. But why would you do the opposite? In the name of, it's my hair. I can do what I want to do. Then you shouldn't have gotten married. That's one of the things that you submit to when you get, before you get married. Okay, so, and ladies, I'm basing this on what other men have told me. There, y'all, I, see, I don't say anything because I'll get in trouble. Okay, but there, there have been times that I have been tempted to tell a woman, right here at my own church, you need to get rid of that wig. It make you look like you're 20 to 30 years older. Now, if I tell her that, oh, I'm going down the street. I was just trying to help you get a man, okay, and help you not look crazy. Okay, that's all I was doing. I don't care nothing about your hair. If you want to wear it, you're like, Psh. you know, let me tell you something. There are some men that love wigs. They like the excitement they, of the versatility. They, they, there are some men that love wigs. Mm-hmm. There are some men that love weaves. There are some men that like women that have short hair. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like my wife to have or I like long hair. There are some men, that, some men like cornrows and make them feel like they're married to a female gangster or something. Men got all different types of... I'm, like telling you, I'm telling you what these brothers, white, black, Puerto Rican, Indian, and Chinese tell me. I have fellowship with all races of men, and they all say the same Thank ladies you need to be sensitive because hair is a big deal to a man but let me tell you the one thing that impresses a man more than anything is a woman who takes care of her own hair whether it be short or whether it be long or in between brothers appreciate a woman that takes the time a lot of men remember that lady at the bank that just got on my nerves okay this lady y'all never mind too many things come to my mind well no I just there was a lady (laughs) I personally, now don't get no funny, We're not, look, let me tell you something, y'all, don't go on, go to the barbershop and I need you to take this weave out right now because it might be a demon. No. 
But see, I, I've learned to very rarely, if I comment a woman, I'm going to say, oh, that's a nice dress. I'm not going to say, oh, that's pretty. I'm very careful because, you know, people take stuff the wrong way. And the lady, it was, this is a lady, she, on a, for me, zero. I would have never asked her out. But I, she, but I could tell she takes care of her hair. I could really tell. So I said, man, your hair is really, really nice. I said, it's really nice to see a lady that takes care of her hair. So my wife goes to the bank. I think your man was trying to hit on me. Uh, she said something close enough. See, you're trying to be nice. Never mind. Let me go on back over here. See, my wife's trying to be nice and protect the lady. Let's no, go back to the point. it was just that she wanted to bring it to my attention that my husband had given her a compliment. Great. Okay, Ann, what's your, what's your point? What's your point? I, I, and <laughs> and I, I didn't treat her any kind of way. I was like, okay, well, great. You do have beautiful hair. So do I. Let's move on. <laughs> I just take care of our transaction. Uh-huh. Like, See? Oh, <laughs> uh, you out of order for that. I didn't say that. Oh to her. my I goodness! Didn't say, I didn't say that. The to fact her. that you was thinking it, no, on how you played me, she just played me right here. Whatever. Okay. So I'm very serious, ladies. When I say this, I look like we're going over today. Okay. I'm very serious when I say this, ladies. Is that I can't tell you how many times. Not always. Every man is different. What I'm trying to tell you is. You give yourself the best chance possible when you look the best that you are supposed to look. Okay, you need to be careful when you wear weeds because there are some weeds that are a compliment to you. And then there are some that are just straight terrible. That's something that my wife and I talk about on the street. These young girls out here, these little 18, 20 year old girls, y'all, these little weeds, that they think, these things just as raggedy look like a rat on top of their head. An alley right at that. I'm just being real with y'all. See, see, ladies, y'all don't like this, but I'm telling you, this is what the brothers think. They don't say anything. But when they see you walking through Walmart with that thing on top of your head and it's not even kept correctly and it's all crooked and twisted to the side and stuff sticking up and you doing this all day long with a bathrobe and some house shoes, she ain't the one. I'm just being real. I just... My wife is rebuking me on... I got to make this clear, okay? You need to look the best way that you can look. There are styles that men don't like. There are, there's some, and look, okay, weight is a big issue with a lot of men, not all, okay? These are things, I'm telling you what the men tell me. It is so bad now that I have black men and white men constantly telling me, dude, I'm not even interested in an American woman. I want a foreign girl. They got a different mentality, I met an Arabic man. This is something for the black community. I met an Arabic man who said, I will let my wife, I'll let my daughter marry an African man, but I will never let her marry an African-American man. Mentality. Okay? So, and you have people that can help you with this. See, Dawn doesn't like us bringing attention. How many of you know Dawn can dress her behind off? So guess what? If you need help, you go to Dawn. Hey, Sister Dawn, um, I'm tore up from the flow up and I might look crazy. I need you to give me an evaluation. <laughs> My wife didn't like this. This is for the brothers. This is- hey, hey, you're saying about the women. And it's not that I don't like it because what you're saying is right. But you can't say, I'm tore up from the flow up. I just need some help. I need some help. <laughs> I didn't say the woman was tore up from the flow up. I'm saying this is where she might. Lana, you know good and well that some ladies tore up from the flow up. So anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> The point that I'm making is, while my wife is trying to put me in check, is this. Is that you need to ask people. Ladies, sometimes you need to ask a man. Okay, get a group of men together and say, you know what? I need you to give me an evaluation myself. What do you think I need to change? What do you think about this look? Ask men. Men will tell you hesitantly. 
because they don't know they're going to get smacked with the answer. Move over. Okay? Attitude. Picky. Snooty. This is a big one. Talk too much. Talk entirely too much. You won't, you won't listen. You won't be quiet. You're interrupting. You won't hear what the man has to say. You won't hear his heart. Or you let him talk, but then you, you talk as if he didn't say a word. You respond in a way that he hasn't said anything. And the sad part is, if you marry a guy like this, let me tell you something. Okay? I'm a... I'm going to just say it this way. I better wait on that, just in case. So for men, God won't send you a wife to tear her life up because you are physically or mentally abusing. So that would be a hindrance for a single man. God knows you get this woman, as soon as things get tight, you're going to get to going upside her head, abuse her mentally. So what will happen is he won't send you a queen, therefore you end up picking something lower. Okay. Ladies, a red flag while you're dating. How does, he, how does he handle his disappointments and his anger? How does he respond when there's conflict? Here's your red flag right there. Then you get married like, well, I didn't know. Well, no, I saw red flags when I was dating. Well, you saw the red flags, but you went ahead and continued on because you wanted to be with that individual. But you usually see those red flags in the dating process. And when you're dating anyone, the first thing you want to find out is their parents. When you're dating a man... Hey, how was your daddy? Was he an alcoholic? Was he an abuser? That doesn't mean he will be, but this lets you know there's a possibility. Same thing with a woman. Was your daddy there? No, I never knew my father. Well, then you're getting ready to marry somebody who has never been used to a man telling her what to do. So as soon as you marry her and ask her to do something, she's going to give you a hard time. I'm telling you what I know from counseling folks from the year 2000. And I'm not saying anybody is disqualified. I'm saying all, how many of all of us are handicapped some type of way? These are the real things that you got to look at, okay? So he's not a God. And these are the second two reasons why God will not send a man a queen. He's not a God chaser, and he's not a purpose pursuer. As a Christian woman. I'm not finished. I don't want to Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, so the other reasons why Christians don't get married is timing. The timing is Christians don't get Christians don't get married. Timing. The timing is not right. The Lord is not interested in time. And we get anxious. I'm 20, I'm 25, I'm 30, I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm 45. And we were rushing to something. I mean, I talked to a woman who said I was almost 40. I wanted to get married by 40. And so I went ahead and married the guy. Now she's going through a divorce. Because she wanted to be married by age 40. And so the Lord is not interested in time. He's interested in timing. When my husband came along, I was preparing to go to Bible school. I told him I was called to the ministry. We had sought um, some wisdom regarding um, our relationship moving forward during that time. And the dean of the school advised that we not get married. But for, me, for us to wait until after I graduated, that was going to be two additional years. Now, at that time, he could have just said, you know what? I don't want to do that. And I would have had to respect that because I was going to Bible school. I was definitely going. And, but he said, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. So it was a timing issue for us. But he could have walked away and he could have missed out on what God had for him. And so could I because he chose not to wait. Another issue is fear. People don't get married because of fear. They want to be married. But men are afraid that if I get married, this woman going to drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. She's going to spend my money. She won't do nothing I tell her to do. She's going to give me a hard time, and she's going to make my rest of my life a hell. I'd rather stay single. Then you have women who are afraid. Okay, if I am called to submit, then if I marry this guy, any decision he makes, then it's going to cause whatever it causes for for me and the children. So I'm afraid that if I get married, he will not make good decisions. Everybody makes mistakes. 
So just as you have made mistakes, he's going to make mistakes. That's why you pray for him. That's why you love him and you encourage him. And when he does make the mistake, you don't beat him over the head. So if you're not getting there because you're afraid that he's going to make mistakes, then you're probably going to be single for the rest of your life as well because men are going to make them. They're human. Another reason why Christians don't get married is they don't recognize him or her when they show up. Because you created this great big fantasy person in your mind, when that woman does show up, you don't see her for what she truly is, the one that God has sent to you to help you fulfill the call of God and the purpose of God on your life. So you dismiss her because she's not 32, 24, 36, or 36, 24, 36. You dismiss her because she doesn't have all that, and she's and you missed out on what God had for you, and the same as vice versa. Because the woman has 25 things on her list, and because it doesn't meet all 25, she missed out on who God had for her. So you don't recognize who God, who God has sent you to be your life partner, and you choose someone else. All right. Let me throw these two in. I'm done. I'm going to go to that second part now. You good? Uh, no, I have something else. Okay, hold on. I, I just, just popped into my mind. I, um, remember that hair principle I was telling you about, ladies? There was a guy at our other location that, long story short, counseling and then something I did in the service. Again, you have to pray. Every situation is different, folk. Don't do something. I'm just letting you know the dangers of being sensitive to little small things. Man, the Lord is dropping too many. Hold on. Okay? So this guy, long story short, he, was, he, was, he had a moment of righteousness where he was getting himself together. And then he said he went home and he cut off his dreadlocks. He said when he cut off his dreadlocks, he felt something leave him. You have to be careful about little things with hair, okay? Demonic creatures love hair for some reason. I don't know what it is about that. And you see that in the scripture where the Bible talks about a woman's hair is her glory. How many know that Samson's power was as long as his hair was long? See, there's a lot of mysterious things that we don't know. And because we're just callous to the things of God and don't chase after him, these things are not revealed. I got a friend of mine. Okay, they, they go to our Saturday location. Y'all meet them. And so he said when he married his wife, that you know, he said that his, um, her mother gave him a um, necklace. And um, so he set the necklace on his dresser in the room. He said, but all of a sudden, every day after that, he started having headaches. He said he'd go out the room, headaches stop. Go anywhere, headaches stop. Come back in his own bedroom, he said, headaches. He said, and he said, I got the cast and stuff out and this and that and praying. He said, finally, I got the fasting because the headaches would not stop. He said, Holy Spirit said, it's the chain. He said, I didn't give away. He said, I destroyed it and the headache stopped the next day. So you got to be careful about trinkets and hair and different things like that. In regards to the dating, I know a dude that le- good guy left a woman for this one reason. He said on the dates, she stayed on the phone texting too much. So I knew if you're on the phone this much while we dating, you definitely going to be on the phone while we married. So I'm just letting you know, y'all, I'm, it's all little things. You got to be the best you that you can be. Let me tell you something, y'all. This right here is destroying relationships. This right here is destroying purpose. This right here is, see, there used to be a time if you, if you were 19, 20 and you didn't have no job, you didn't have education, you just had to sit around and think about your little raggedy self. Now you can escape your little raggedy self by going into a whole universe in your hand and spend all day on the phone, all day playing Xbox, all day doing stuff, and it gives you this feeling of escape. It is now an epidemic in Japan. 
a literal epidemic where the kids will not go to school. The kids will not get a job. They will not educate themselves. They spend time. They say all these kids do is stay on the video games and they get two to three hours of sleep per day. It is an epidemic. Go look it up. It's an epidemic in China over this foolishness right here. All right. Yeah, I'm done. Last thing I wanted to share about why people are not getting married. For those who want to get married, not every, not every single wants to get married. So uh, there's lack of submission, lack of submission on the men and the women's part, lack of submission to the Lord. When you look at Naomi and Ruth, we like to bring out, okay, Ruth got her Boaz, whoop, whoop, whoop. Okay, but we don't look at her attitude prior to her getting Boaz. We don't look at, she, tell, she, tell, she was married. So this would have been her second marriage. She told Naomi, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And she followed her and she listened to her instructions. So she first yielded and submitted herself to her mother-in-law. And she went and she served and she served and she served and she listened, 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 listened. And she obeyed. She followed this woman's instructions. And what did those instructions end up doing? She ended up getting married and having a family. And so you have many people who just don't want to listen. They're not yielded to God or to those that are in authority over you. And so you miss out on what God has intended for you. And I have a particular woman I'm thinking of now. Me giving her some certain instructions. I knew that she wanted to be married, that she wanted to have a family. I gave her some instructions in regards to someone who was pursuing her. She's married today. Married and happily married. He's happy. They are living a great life together. So in this particular example, I encourage you to go back and look at Ruth and Naomi. They had a beautiful relationship. And we often focus on Boaz, but not focus on the relationship that Naomi and Ruth had. And and Ruth's submission to her mother-in-law and to her willingness to follow God and make adjustments in her life. All right. We're going to do this last part here. That was the question and answer. So my wife is going to have a seat. Thank you. Well, I guess you can grab the mic. She have, I have a feeling she may jump back up. Yeah, no, you can leave it up here. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. You may be uncomfortable with it at your seat. All righty. How many know that was some? Yes. And, and you know, and these, these are, you got to be sensitive to your life, folk. You really do have it. And because we, we have people that they follow every single thing we tell them to do. And they get really, really quick results. And then I'm thinking of a situation right now with this girl. She, she just kept messing up, kept messing up with her husband, kept messing up. And he finally just booked. And he came back and said, okay, I'm back. Try this again. She came to see me, and I gave her some instructions. I said, now, the first rule is when you go back, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. What about don't say nothing, period. I mean, I really drilled that into her. Don't, it was a reason why I had to tell her to do this. Don't say nothing. She goes back home, says something crazy, he's been gone forever. Won't follow instructions. I, we can't keep telling you to change, you all. I mean, it's, it's like a person that they have cancer and the doctor says you got to stop smoking. You ever seen a person like that? Got to stop smoking? They in the hospital trying to sneak into areas to smoke. You can't do nothing for that individual except let them die. And that's the unfortunate thing. All right, y'all ready for this last part? All right, this is crazy. Let me say this first.